0: Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone There's still experience grind with Kyle and Sean You know who wasn't prepared for a lot of things? John Mel Britain? The British Oh yeah Yeah, yeah
1: (laughs) Ryan picked up that heavy fist (laughs) Some would say they Fucked around and found out in 1812. <laughs> yeah, in
0: the War of 1812. That's my favorite lyric from the start of uh, Squidbillies. What's that? Is that a cartoon? Yeah, yeah, it's not. But it, my kids are all dead and buried. And then at one point he goes in the War of 1812. <laughs> it's like fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah,
2: America. Oh, yeah,
1: man. that's it. That is the. That is. The concept of squidbillies in a hole. Is America? Yeah. That kind of what you is said, America. that twangy like, it's America. Like, uh. that is what you would picture that person are these squidbillies.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm picking up on I it. Ju- are they hillbillies, but they're squids?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. And yep. they make meth. And it's, a, it's an adult swim
2: cartoon. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Have you guys played mm-hmm. Octodad? Um, I have I've not I've not
0: but I've seen it played. I watched it uh l- uh speedrun
2: on GDQ before. I don't know how anybody possibly speedruns that game. It is a it's... gymnastics workout <laughs> for your fingers. But it's, it's like quop, right? What's quop? QWAP?
0: Oh. Quop's the one where you you do the the sprint with the guy and you can only play with Q W O and P on the keyboard. Quop. Q W O and P. You don't oh, remember
2: that one? I I guess that's kind of it. So it's like L1 R1, L2, R2 each control mm-hmm. a different yeah. part of his body. Exactly. And you gotta kind of like, that's yeah, weird, yeah, right? It's so freaking weird in terms of like his mm-hmm. arms and legs. And if you play it co-op, dude, it's so hard. Each one each one of you <laughs> only controls one of um, you know, one of his limbs. Yeah, it's weird. That sounds frustrating. <laughs> it's, yeah, I would yeah. hate all of my friends playing that game. i already hate all of you we're never playing right
0: it's we're on the cusp like at all times when we're together of just like violent face bashing
2: yeah absolutely
0: um and i feel like that would just send us over the edge and i don't want to take that risk
2: okay well that's the responsible i think that's the responsible uh, yeah (laughs) in fairness now if you guys were british (laughs) i would beat you up (laughs) good eye mate that's my best british (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> there's a lot to respond to there. Oh my god, oh, I love it. I'm yeah. gonna respond to none of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. why I don't like the Beatles? They sound weird, like Australians. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Are we on the same? I patrons? always
0: hated in uh in the Jungle Book and shit when they had those vultures that
2: were like the Beatles. I don't. I always hated them. What is the last time you guys watched The Jungle Book? That is a crazy poll. dude.
0: That's one of my least favorite of the Disney animated movies. I don't like a lot of that era. Like, the Robin Hood with oh, the fox also don't like that one. I like that I, one. Not a fan of The
2: Jungle Book.
1: I, I do like that era. I just don't go back to classic Disney movies that often. Um, I To answer your question, it was when I was in the video store, for sure. Is the last time I saw it any of the the disney movies because when we had them they're easy to play and nobody complains yeah they would now <laughs> pretty family friendly disney some, would probably i guess some just, of them <laughs>
2: disney would just come out of the bathroom and sue you
1: maybe probably, probably maybe that too. they would be pissed to know that disney movies were put into our free section our free kids section and then really? they get oh. scratched up or stolen almost immediately Oh. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Oh. Yeah. It was a rarity when you could keep what it. What is
0: uh What is your guys' least favorite Disney movie?
2: Ooh.
1: Hmm. I will need to think on this for a hot second. Least
2: favorite All Disney right. movie. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Easy peasy. That's good. That's, that's a, a pretty
0: good one. Yeah. It's also it's one of the newer eras, which I think will also be common. I mean, that's Uh,
2: I mean, yeah, that's what, mid-90s? But I liked almost everything prior to that. Does it... I really hated... I I get just...
0: The answer's the same. If it's animated or live-action, it's both. Is probably 101 Dalmatians. Oh.
2: Okay. I was about to say I've never seen a live-action Disney. And then I completely forgot that that was a live-action before this whole... Craze of live action Disney movies was a thing. Yeah, and yeah. I had Glenn Close yeah. and uh, I Jeff remember, Daniels. I, I, I right? I might
1: be biased. Huh? Jeff Daniels was the the man, and I can't remember the woman. Was I want to say Joan Cusack, but I don't. Joan know. Joan Cusack for sure. I
2: right. might be,
1: but I uh, Jeff like Daniels. I, said, also I might be, be My favorite Martian. So I have no idea of anything anymore. In my ever, because uh, I remember. That was when I'd go spend
0: time with my dad because my mom and dad were divorced. Uh, he would oftentimes just take us to movies because that's easy mm, mm-hmm. content to fill a kid up. Absolutely. And I remember we went to the movies and uh, my sister was there with us too. So uh, he was. we were going to see fucking 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close. And I remember we get to the movie theater and they also have Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> and I was like, ah, I was like, dad. Dad, please, can I see Beavis and Butthead instead? And he's like, yep. no, because I'm not going to watch it with you. And then my stepmom, who I'm sure also did not want to fucking sit through 101 Dalmatians, was like, Oh, no, I'll go with him to watch Beavis and Butthead. And my dad was like, no, you're both coming with us. And
2: I was like,
1: fuck. Oh, we so I had to end together. up, I watched
0: 101 Dalmatians. Your dad pulled the old, of, if
2: I do this, you're fucking mm-hmm. doing it mm-hmm. Car. Oh,
0: it sucked too,
2: man. I fucking
0: uh, hate that movie. Is your yep. sit? hated it, your so. sister
2: younger or older three years younger than uh, me is that why you had to go to that oh mm-hmm. uh, that's mm-hmm. a drag dude thankfully Sucked, when i so i had a very similar thing with my dad um like i have a couple of siblings but we all have different dads because my mom was a very righteous woman um i'm just kidding i <laughs> yeah. love you mom uh, but so when I'd go to my dad's, it was the same thing. You know, it was such easy to go to the movies and he also loved movies. So it worked out, but it was just me going there. So we weren't going out seeing like some rated R bangers, but like, you know, Independence Day instead of whatever the fuck mm. was in there and Men in Black, like all of the fun ones that I wanted to see. The good ones. Yeah. As opposed to Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know, I went to see Twister instead of that. Movies
0: I saw with my dad
2: were Cliffhanger,
0: The Fan, with Robert De Niro, where he's like stalks a baseball player. Mm, That's a great movie. 101 (laughs) Dalmatians, and uh, Castaway, which is also a a great movie, but when you're fucking 13 and you're sitting in the movie theater for three and a half hours watching Castaway...
2: You're like watching a dude talk to a goddamn volleyball for three and a half hours. (laughs) Rather be anywhere else.
0: I hadn't hit my film renaissance yet at that age. So, oh, dude,
1: that's rough. Same. That was a same with the fan. That that movie not for kids. To appreciate it. Not at all.
0: I was like nine. Yeah, I didn't know what the fuck was
1: happening. Yeah, yeah, it's bummer, dude. So
0: you like the fan though? You you actually know that movie?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I went back uh, right after college through a bunch of De Niro stuff to try to get caught up because there were like a bunch of things like Raging Bull on my list that I hadn't seen. And I was like, yeah, he seems like he's always in these like classics that people talk about. So he's going to be an easy one to go through his just filmography. Not And I missed a lot of... I missed some. I'm still going back, but I went through a lot.
0: I was going to say, have you watched
1: Dirty Grandpa
0: or whatever? (laughs)
2: Oh, that just came no. out a couple years ago, right? No. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's no. bad. No. It's, or the intern hate, it, where he interns as an old man oh, yeah. at a tech company, which sounds with like a not funny daughter? version of that Google movie with Owen Wilson and It is. Vince I've Vong. seen it. It's
0: terrible cuz who plays his daughter in the movie? Is it Emma Emma somebody, I think. Is it Probably. Emma Stone? She's the only Emma that is exists. It, I think it,
1: Oh yeah, I didn't even think of Emma Stone. Yeah, it could have been. She hmm. doesn't seem Let like Robert see. De Niro. That's like kind of like a casting. Like doesn't make sense. Like you look at Anne Hathaway. It's Anne Hathaway. Hmm. Hmm. Guess that's not much better. But okay. Whatever happened okay. to Anne Hathaway? Get,
2: it felt like she was doing everything, the and then she speech.
1: wasn't. I think she produces now. No. Did she get EP? Good for her. Good for her. don't oh, no. Good on you. I lost track of every actor post-COVID. Mm. Fair, yeah. Oh, all right. Getting back to Disney, I have not seen Hunchback Notre Dame, so I cannot comment there. Um, I I like 101 Dalmatians, so I don't have an issue with it, but uh, okay. I actually would go back to like an older one uh, for something I do not like Disney-wise, um, and I will say I'm not a big fan of Sleeping Beauty. Just don't really like Fair it enough. at all. And another one, Little yeah. Mermaid. I don't have any nostalgia or like oh. for Little Mermaid. I don't love the songs. Little Mermaid's my jam, I, dog. That's heartbreaking. I think it's to me. super sexist and yeah. weird. Now I don't fucking. It's like it's one I didn't like as a kid, and now as like an adult who like can l- read into like metaphors and shit, it's even yuckier, and I dislike it even more. I don't know. <laughs> it's between those fair. two for me. Nah, they're kind of both meh.
2: I always thought I was like. I always thought there, like, there's something wrong with me or something. I fucking loved Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Like, those
1: are, mm-hmm. I love Beauty two and the Beast. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid were definitely uh, positioned as the girl Disney movies growing up, and the boy oh, yeah. Disney movies were Aladdin, Lion King, and you definitely didn't cross between. And then things like uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame came out, and people were like. Nobody wants it. You can have it, boys. <laughs> Who is this you can even have, have it, for? girls. <laughs> Nobody. One, and Hercules. I remember oh, Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. I remember yeah. for Hercules. Pocahontas seemed like it was in that weird limbo or yeah. I oh, yeah. couldn't tell if it was a boy or girl movie. I enjoyed it. I don't know. What I I couldn't really- tell if people were hating on it though.
2: What I really enjoyed about Pocahontas, outside of man, do you guys know that uh, when I was in third grade? Wow, this is this is about to be a weird flex. When I was in third grade, <laughs> I was in a production of Pocahontas for my school, Ooh. and I had the most lines. I snapped, in it. Huh? Yeah, I had thirty two lines. Smith? What? Yeah, no, oh. I was Pocahontas' dad. How weird is that? <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> growing up, it was really cool that uh, so. Like Pocahontas came out at a time where I don't know if you guys had this, but like schools around here always had like a Native American Day or something like that, Mm, where mm -hmm. there was a whole bunch of uh, there's like a couple of tribes that would come and like display things and give presentations and stuff. And dude, I was obsessed. And
1: then Pocahontas came out. I'm like, it's all right, it's all right. (laughs) <laughs> bullshit sean was all about the colors of the wind <laughs> i dude i think uh, i've just only around seen the river bend total that's once mulan, more than i have mulan had some bangers i enjoyed it oh mulan
0: i love mulan donny osmond's singing in it so that was pretty dope make a man out of mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. bump Mm-hmm. That song's dope, man. Yeah. You can't
2: tell me that's not a banger. Oh, no. Pretty much all of the Disney songs, like all of the movies had some bangers. Like good or bad movies, there's a lot of like unforgettable stuff. Like Tarzan, yeah, Phil Collins? God see, damn, man. I was just about to shit. I fuck, fuck Tarzan because
0: fuck, fuck Collins. <laughs> wow, that was number a bad one, example then. <laughs> number one. I fuck Because Phil he's Collins? British. Okay, that's. Fuck, fuck. Fuck Phil Collins, because he's British. I love how we keep wrapping back to this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a thing now. Continuity. British people this don't like off, it. This
1: yeah. off-camera joke that is totally not going to make us look xenophobic, <laughs> but continue. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ryan started hey, it. Hey, man, it's, it's all right. I may uh, have. I don't even it. remember at this point. He pushed it on a super impressionable young man. <laughs> Who Phil Collins? Be ashamed of yourself.
1: Oh, I did. Oh yeah! Hey, shh! Not with that talk. Keep that down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh no! What are All you right, saying, so, Kyle?
1: Yeah, Phil Collins. Well, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, Phil you're Collins. pooping on Phil uh, Collins. Let's keep the poop train yeah. going.
0: <laughs> uh, Phil Collins also divorced his wife via fax. Okay.
2: Didn't he oh, have man. a song so about that's... like puppets and stuff?
0: That no, that's a journey song that's set in the 1980s about uh nuclear
1: war. So, oh, let's not go there. But like, uh, doesn't he have land yeah. of confusion? <laughs> and in the uh, in the music video, it's a bunch of puppets, Genesis, yeah, yeah, Genesis. Is that Genesis? like there's a
0: Reagan puppet and uh, uh-huh, it's Genesis, yeah. No. I'm just saying, ties yeah, there's, there's a Reagan puppet and they're super creepy, mm. I suppose
2: um so yeah i see Disney. what you're getting at the puppets yeah the puppets sean yeah, we got there this is
0: a movie about puppets
2: <laughs> anyways folks uh, it's first been like of all, 15 minutes it's ryan it has <laughs> yeah I, I wanted to i wanted to thank our, our
0: good buddy ryan for coming on the show he uh he reached out he really wanted to come back and of course we love having ryan on and uh i offered him my two ideas and uh, he's like well obviously i'm leaning towards being john malkovich which I don't blame you at all.
2: <laughs> Wait, what was your other idea? What was uh, it?
0: well, I haven't pitched it to you yet. I'll pitch it to you at the end. Oh, okay,
1: cool. I was like, I, I do not know what you're talking about. I remember them both being uh, good choices. I remember yeah. one of them being, I think we can just dick around and have fun just talking about anything but the movie we watch because it's not okay. going to be a movie we really talk about. And then there's being John Malkovich, which is another like big. Meaty barbarian. Let's talk about <gasps> movies, kind of shit. You ain't wrong. And uh we went this way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Sean, for better or worse, I, I guess starting off,
0: you've uh, you've never seen Being John Malkovich, nope. right? Never even heard of this movie. Oh no, I've heard
2: of the movie. It's one of you've those heard movies of the movie. that, okay. like, you hear about. Well, okay, when mm-hmm. I say you, the universal you, I mean myself. It's one of those movies that you hear about. Okay, it's weird saying that. It's one of those movies that I heard about and always (laughs) heard that it was good and it went into that mental log of I've got to watch that sometime and then Uh I just never did and I never got around to it. And so here we are. I'm super thrilled that we're doing this movie because like most of the movies that we do on this show, I haven't seen them and this is forcing me to watch them when I otherwise would never get around to it. Which is awesome. That's why I try to, I try
0: to keep it cool with stuff that I know you haven't seen instead of just stupid bullshit like the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen the room. And oh, well, good. Have you seen
2: Samurai Cop? No, huh. because yeah, no, because no. Yeah, okay, we'll
0: get the Samurai Cop someday.
1: It's fine.
2: I think you've brought it Ryan, up like ten times while I've
0: been Ryan's on the show. Ryan, who hates bad movies, I think even like Samurai Cop. Right? Yeah. I Brian hates bad movies.
1: I am one of those very few who cannot get through the room. I find it too, too intolerable. I don't. Oh, find it was it fine.
2: It was absolute trash. Like I know. Yeah. I think there was a point halfway through it where I'm like, "Why am I watching this?" It's like you get it. <laughs> I, you <laughs> you get kept it. hearing, "Oh my god, it's so bad, it's good," and by the end of it, I was like, "No, that was just bad." Yep. Yep. It's a.
0: It's a phenomenon. It's I, one of the it's yeah. Why? How do the how do things happen sometimes? Right? Like how do things blow up? That could be a whole other just like deep dive podcast
2: episode. Why do things get popular? It's because there's, there's a so bunch many things of people Just like being like this is really great, and then everybody watches it, and they're trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. And it's
1: Dude, not what's the crazy room to sucks me,
2: people. And I get this could play off from
0: Malkovich too. Is that there I'll are back like
1: that hot take.
0: There are people, like, on YouTube now who have been seen by more people than, like, the Three Stooges could have ever dreamed about being seen by. And I've never heard of these people.
2: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's insane to me. Markiplier? I don't even know who Markiplier looks like. Markiplier I'm familiar with. I don't know what he looks like. And that's, like, that's wild to me. For somebody that has what probably 10 million plus subscribers like that is a fair chunk of people on facebook and you hear you see even more than that people talking about them and i still don't even know what the guy looks like but i dude, i don't know if that's where you're going with that so i'm gonna shut the fuck up
0: well i was just the, the, i mean to play off of that there's like uh the dude mr beast who's like the third most subscribed person i'd never heard of that dude till like three months ago oh really dude. and he has like the third most subscriptions out of anybody
1: yeah,
2: he'd uh, be giving he, away like, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. You
1: you yeah, brought exactly. up Markiplier and just like, oh my gosh, he has five million viewers and all this stuff. He actually has thirty four million subscribers concurrently. Thirty four <laughs> million. <laughs> so insane. Five is actually shit. like minuscule compared yeah. to his number. Apparently, holy shit. And what like, there's pe- people like Markiplier and shit like
0: that that have all these millions of views it is essentially this or the true i mean these people just let people into their life you're not living it as vicariously as you are oh. in being john malkovich but it is like very right. ahead of its time and mm-hmm. like what its interpretation of uh media consumption would turn into mm-hmm. so
2: and it's even wild shit man man so and much. even more than that like the fact that in john malk like being john malkovich Like, not to get too far into this, people aren't just, you know, living vicariously through this guy. But some people are, like, finding themselves and their sexuality somehow randomly just because they see life from the perspective of another person. Which was kind of like a a turn that I didn't see coming relatively quickly.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this all happens, like, by end of first act that sets up the rest of the movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's deep. It's dense. It covers so much. Uh, I love anything written by Charlie Kaufman is just a Mm -hmm. dense fucking nugget of, like, thoughts on anxieties and existential fears. And, like, what crippling ailments like we have that like keep us from reaching our potentials that like fuck with us once we do reach our potential as happens in mm-hmm. the movie like it's just it's i don't know a fever dream of anxiety every fucking movie of his and i i love them uh ah, can i explain I say it always less... maybe but
0: yeah i was gonna say, i say less anxiety and more just really charlie kaufman Can really capture the human experience and Mm. can translate it to like written style very, very well, which like few people actually can do. Uh, Like maybe a David Sedaris, he's also pretty good at it, but like for like Charlie Kaufman just gets like real life and can translate it to a way that it can be like, because the same way the your he wrote your favorite movie, Ryan, of all time, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which. And my it, to me too is like it it captures like breakups so fucking gnarly like mm-hmm. in such a true raw the way the good that... the
1: bad everything really honest and earnest mm. like it, he it's crazy there's no showboating it's not for like glamour it's not to like make this idealized version it is just the ugly truths of as you said I think perfectly human nature just raw human mm-hmm. nature on display. And then he just sees what happens with his characters. It's it's very... Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I made, I made the joke in
0: the chat, boys, that this was going to be six degrees of separation for Nick Cage. Because, Shawnee boy, this will eventually tie back into another meta Nick Cage performance. Which is where I jumped off from. Because when I was watching The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent... I instantly thought of Being John Malkovich. And then when I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do Being John Malkovich, and I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, Charlie Kaufman wrote this. And Charlie Kaufman wrote Adaptation, where Nick Cage plays both Charlie Kaufman and his twin brother at the same time, playing two roles yet again. Metaphysical Nick Cage. And we're going to cover Adaptation.
2: Not next, though. Not next? But is not. next the other one that you pitched to Ryan that I'll find out uh-huh. about later? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Because I still want to do it. Because
0: I still think you'll like it. Well, I'll tell you now. Because you might have seen. It. I don't think you have, but it's the movie called Go. I've
2: seen. Oh, I think that's I've seen right. Go.
0: If you have seen Go, then we'll we'll skip it. Uh, I don't want to do adaptation next, but I do want to do it soon Sarah again, just Polly, because we are on this Jay weird. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh huh.
0: Yeah, Jay Moore.
1: Uh no, I haven't. It is and, uh, a have not. Gen X version very of gen- very Pulp Fiction is the best kind way to yeah. describe it's it. Very. It's, Okay. Super fast kinetic, but like also jarred up storytelling, where you don't really understand the full picture until it's all done. It's kind of fun. It's it's
0: it's 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 a a lot of fun. Mm
1: -hmm. I think you will really like it, and it is very Gen X,
0: very late nineties, early two thousands. My man, like this one too. This uh, this came out in ninety nine, which was Mm -hmm. the start of my film like awakening. Uh, because I saw The Matrix that year, and I saw The Matrix three times in theaters, and that's when I really started to like, mm-hmm. like movies, and I went back and I watched this, and this blew me away, and then I couldn't believe that this is the same Spike Jones that does all the shit with the jackass guys, and he walks around with prosthetic old lady breasts hanging out. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Uh huh. Or praise That's the you. Same fucking guy. The praise you video is yeah. all I knew him from until I saw this. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> what a jump! He did the sabotage video, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He did the fucking Buddy director. Holly video.
0: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic director. I love Spike Jones, and man, I think this was his uh feature film debut, his big break. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And uh, he, uh, man, way to leave your fucking mark, bro. <laughs> And I love, like, so many things of it are so simple, like the portal exit on the New Jersey Turnpike. And, like, just knowing now that there's just, like, a crane just outside a shot that people are just jumping off <laughs> of. But when you see it, it's so effective. Just they drop out of the fucking sky. And I love the fact that it happens on the New Jersey Turnpike, and nobody thinks it's weird because it's the New Jersey Turnpike. People just keep driving. Mm-hmm.
2: I love mm-hmm. that. Like, that is such a weird touch. And to your point of what you just said, like, there's a part in the movie where John Malkovich falls out of his own head and gets somebody <laughs> driving by, smokes him with some trash because they just, oh, yeah, there's John Malkovich. It's such a not a big deal that they smoke him with some trash. I
1: think hey, it's, Malkovich. It's <laughs> It speaks to life. Like, I think uh, I'm going to fuck it up because early on there's a cusack line where he says like life is nothing but hell life is hurt life is pain and like that is this movie even malkovich who is like the peak or the pinnacle of i guess the starving artist aspiration like he is where you get to even he gets pegged by a can by a piece of shit on the side of a turnpike just because <laughs> he's existing that is fucking yep. human nature Mm -hmm. it's it's beautiful so bleak and sad (laughs) but also really funny (laughs) because this movie is Mm -hmm. very funny and it shouldn't be uh, because it's usually at like really sad dark shit but like I found myself laughing a lot more here than I did at like Eternal Sunshine or um, uh, the only other one I can think of from Coffin now is I'm thinking of ending things which is super dark but yeah Although it just made me laugh, you bringing that one up. So.
0: Ah, <laughs> yeah, that There's one. Humor in the pain, for <laughs> sure. Um, it's it's craziness, man. It's it's this movie was like one of my first real experiences with surrealism too, because mm. again, this was kind of like my the start of my film awakening, and it's so fucking weird, man. <laughs> the 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 hole they crawl through. Mm-hmm. All right. So first of all, what about floor seven and a half? That- and that it doesn't have an a, an official
2: stop. Right. All right. So that's Sean. us through seven and a half. Dude, I laughed <laughs> so hard. So so we've got John Cusack's character here. What's his name? Craig. Craig. Yeah, yeah, Craig. So you got Craig, who is an auto work puppeteer. Um, because, you know, shocker. No, nobody's looking for a puppeteer because, you know, anybody who's anybody is already famous doing that. Right. Especially
1: and so, artsy, very adult, sexually explicit puppeteering about <laughs> life in existence. <laughs> that made
2: me laugh so hard when the girl's dad punched him out. I laughed so hard. And so I his did. wife yeah. lot played There's by s- Cameron Diaz.
1: Good cut <laughs> afterwards with Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Is that what you're going So with? he
2: goes and sees her and she's like pushing for him to actually get a job. And um so he's looking through some classifieds and he he notices this one for, you know, uh, a file put her away or whatever. And you know, they're looking for fast fingers. Somebody with fast decks fast fingers. Exactly, yeah. fast fingers and this dude's working he is amazing. At being a puppeteer, like the shit that I was watching the opening scene, I'm like, wow, that's really fucking impressive. And you just see like him manipulating all these strings. So he's like, I had of course, a that's question, real
1: quick about this. Watching it this time, was it puppeteering or was it claymation, like stop motion? And then they just had strings above it. I wasn't able to tell, but because of like Coffin's fixation with like that, and then like what he does with the Anomalisa, Anomalisa later. I thought maybe it was stop motion, but like very well hidden stop motion because sometimes the strings were a little... The gravity didn't seem quite right. So I'm wondering if it was like a very impressive visual effect. I'm not sure. I was a
2: little... I was a little put off trying to figure that out in the beginning too, because I, I wasn't sure I wasn't able to figure it out. And even right now I don't have a definitive answer, but I started to just think that it was puppetry, puppetry because like stop motion, that was so freaking smooth for stop motion claymation. Like, so Mm -hmm. smooth and so crisp. Like, what you were seeing was very crisp instead of, like, the muddied visuals that you have with claymation sometimes. Mm -hmm. It was just very Mm -hmm. crisp, very detailed. Uh, I could be wrong. but um, So, anyways, he finds this ad for this. And he goes to this building there in New York City, and he's looking on the directory in the building to figure out where he's got to go. And, you know, there's floor one, two, three, four, five, seven, seven and a half, eight. And you're like, there's like four things on seven and a half. And I'm just looking at this like, what the fuck does that mean? Is he going to go to like seven and like take the stairs up half a flight? You know, sometimes sometimes when you take stairs up, right, it bends back around and you take like two many. Uh, flights, right? Sure. And I thought there'd be a door right there and there'd be an in-between. No. He has to get into an elevator. He has no idea what he's doing. And some lady's like, oh, seven and a half, I'll help you. (laughs) And so she times it right between seven and eight, slams on the emergency stop and crowbars the door open to go into this, to go onto this floor that's at max four feet high. From floor to ceiling Mm -hmm. because the way that everybody's bent over, it is ridiculous. It saves on overhead and uh, (laughs) they pass the savings on to you.
0: I love the subtle little set design world building of like, it's not even alluded to, but when he gets in the elevator the first time you see that like the doors are damaged and you're like, huh. And then uh, Mm -hmm. she stops the elevator And you see why the door's damaged, because they fucking jam a crowbar in there to open this for the fucking floor every time. Mm -hmm. Ah, so silly, so dumb, so hilarious.
1: Also got to point out that that little lady helping out is Octavia Spencer. Super young Octavia Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, but I forgot completely she was in this. Uh, Same with another cameo, which we'll save for later. Completely forgot about oh. <laughs> Machine. Ah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That shit's wild, too, man. Uh, but, yeah, so he's on floor seven and a half. He's doing his file work. And he drops a file, right, Shawnee?
2: Sure does. Drops a file behind the filing cabinet. Mm, what dumb, slippery fingers. And this dude's already pretty orner- ornery because he hasn't been able to fuck Maxine yet, so... He's a little irritated
1: at that. We've not gotten into that point yet, but Cusack is incel 101 in this movie, like, (laughs) real ramped up, and it's great. Um, And I'm pretty sure, like, the first time I saw this in 1999 or 2000, because it was really close, um, I don't think I got it that he was the antagonist of the fucking movie, and so I just thought this was some ironic Twilight Zone shit happening to him. (laughs) But, like... It is great. He is just full on nutso in his obsession with Maxine. And it is super sad, but, um, super sad for Cameron Diaz, but, uh, talking about the great set building, how it like adds to the, the world design and like just the characters. She. Fills up the apartment with a whole bunch of like stray animals, like a, a chimpanzee, some parrots and a bunch of things always making noise and raucous. And John Cusack is in this in the frame in the same way, like as a stray taken by Cameron Diaz's character. Not really a man, just another thing she's helping because she's really, you know, Not fully into him, as we'll find out later. And that's like a little kind of clever hint that you get before anything else. You just see him right in frame with those animals. It's great. Yeah. Also,
0: can we talk a bit about how fucking amazing Cameron Diaz is in this movie? Because number one, her makeup is fantastic. And number two, she
2: she acts her ass off. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize it was her for the first couple of minutes, yeah. the first couple of times that I saw her, like her frizzed out hair mop of a hairdo so threw me off so hard. And the entire mm-hmm. time I was looking at her, being like, man, she looks so familiar. And then I was like, Oh, and it's fucking Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On, on that also note,
0: uh, I do have, uh, one complaint with this movie and I'm, I'm going to get it out of here since we're also in this era. Uh, yeah. I kind of think that uh, Catherine Keener's a little miscast, boys.
2: Oh, really? Um,
0: That's my thing. I I really don't think she works <laughs> as well here. I think she seems kind of awkward the whole time. Like, she doesn't even really... I don't know.
1: She doesn't... Yeah. <sighs> I am with you. i maybe not as oh. strong with you in that she doesn't work, but... I was going to say something very similar in that I found her almost performative and not naturalistic Mm -hmm. at all. Whereas John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, these people become their fucking characters. And she kind of feels a little bit stagey, but in a way that kind of worked for me this time around, finally. And I don't think it worked for me before because I read her as somebody who didn't know who she fucking was and was always shifting who she was to Mm -hmm. manipulate Whoever is in frame with her. So her character is nothing if not a performance. And just judging from everything else I've seen Catherine Keener in, like, I would give her that credit to say, like, it's not I don't think it's a fluke. And she was just phoning it in or whatever. I think that might be part of Maxine's character is that she's just performative. So
2: I was about to say it worked for me because of how performative she was, because you find out really quickly she just manipulates everything and everyone around her. So everything that she's doing is a performance for whoever she's interacting with. And I don't know until the end of the movie that you actually see just her, you know, in that very final sequence of the movie. Everything else is Mm -hmm. a show to make people believe what she wants them to believe. So I thought... Personally, I'm not as on board with that, but that's why we all have opinions, right?
0: That's yeah. right, baby. And I again, I thought she was good in the movie. It just like you guys said, she does it. She's the most unnatural part mm-hmm. to me. And i with you. I mean, out. I've seen Catherine Keener and in, in great stuff, Uh and she plays naturalistic very well. And that's why this one seems so weird. I did there again. I hadn't seen this movie either for a long time, and it's funny that she stuck out to you that way this playthrough because it was the exact opposite. I never had a problem with her until this viewing, and I was like, "Man, this this is a really weird." A little weird, but uh eh. it was also uh man, I had I had another point I was gonna make, and I fucking lost it.
1: Was it Damn another negative, t- another issue you had with it? No,
0: no, because it it was something else about Catherine Keener. I feel. Hmm. And it was tangentially related to 40. Oh, I do appreciate the way that Maxine like just completely is not threatened by Craig at all. She's not scared of him, even though she knows how completely obsessed he is and how much of a degenerate piece of shit that he is. She doesn't care because she knows that she really controls him in all aspects because mm-hmm. he's so pathetic and such a little simp. I love that part this time. That's something I never picked up on until this time. But yeah, she just. From the minute he walks
2: in, she has him by the balls. She always seems aspect. like she has all the cards. Like mm-hmm. she always has everybody's number. Even Malkovich, she has she plays Malkovich mm-hmm. like a fiddle too. Even when everything's blown, she can still weasel her way into his place. Mhm.
1: All right, weasel. Weasel is my tangent because that's a very good uh adjective or noun, I guess, for her. Um I had a read this time. All right, cool. Um, Oh, yeah, shit. Well, I'm gonna take it and twist it into an adjective, into Weasley. Uh, (laughs) Schoolhouse, um, rock this baby. Yeah. Oh god, I'm so bummed that I failed basic prepositions, or I don't even know what they're fucking called anymore. Is that what it's called? A verb and a noun and a thing. (laughs) I think it's a preposition. I don't know. This is bad. The more I talk, the more I seem stupid. Dude, it's been 30 years. Timer. Timering. Alright. Weasley. I had a read on Bing John Malkovich's time watching it. and that um I of course there are many ways to read it, and I think that's the beauty of the Coffin stuff, is it's dense. There are many angles you can approach it. And I think there's a read on this in like a Hollywood take. And I think Craig and Maxine could be seen as like Hollywood execs manipulating and milking their star. And in that way, Weasley is very, very, very fitting for both of them because they're always just trying to do whatever works for them. Like at one point, Maxine's held at gunpoint and is th- going to be threatened to killed, And Craig's just like, ah, whatever, I uh, Malkovich, <laughs> Malkovich, <laughs> you know? Uh, and this has been his driving accept- obsession, this whole movie. And like, he's going to throw it off because once you get to wherever you get, never enough and you want more and you can't just be fucking satisfied that is i think those two characters i think that is their operandus except maxine at the very end luckily chooses satisfaction or i guess not satisfaction um complacency she chooses to be complacent with who she is instead of that like urge to want more and just keep i guess going or thriving off because there's something like almost borderline sociopathic about Maxine's drive and obsession herself in the same way Craig is sociopathic and fucking driven. Um, But she has the turn at the end. And I think that's how it ultimately shakes out how it shakes out. But man, I am sorry. I'm babbling. No, (laughs) man, there is not a character
2: in this movie that isn't like insanely flawed outside of actually maybe John Malkovich, which is kind of funny. Well, not. I don't mean flawed, but like, oh, yeah. so yeah, you have like Maxine's sociopathic behavior. You have, you know, you have Craig's exact same thing. And then the relationship between Craig and Lot is so fucked up. <sighs> it's like, I felt dirty when Craig was trying to fuck Maxine, right? And then next thing you know, Lot's trying to fuck Maxine. They're trying to fuck Maxine at the same time. I'm like, what is happening right now? What is happening? This is so dysfunctional. Well, and then next thing you yes. know, it's all, locked in a gorilla cage. It's all happening via the
0: innocent third party of John Malkovich, who has no control or free will in any aspect of it. He is just a plaything for these people in that serious aspect, too. Um, he is a I really vessel like ra- to escape. For
1: fifteen yeah. minutes at a time, this is like a movie. You like go said, to see John Malkovich and escape your life because I'm sad and fat. I don't care. Two hundred dollars. You pay your money to escape your life for fifteen minutes. That's what this movie's saying. It's it's really would, cynical, but, but it's brilliant.
0: <laughs> that's where I come back to more. That's even more the YouTube content, dude. Every YouTube video you watch is fifteen minutes long, and then you're down the rabbit hole to the next one of who ah.
2: But that's my I, strategy. Never, I, I watch one to two hour long videos and I'm done
0: because
2: <laughs> I fell asleep. It's like, oh, I could that's watch this movie or I could watch
0: 14 different YouTube videos instead. And that's almost what I always do. Uh, <laughs> but I really I do appreciate, Ryan, like you said, there are many interpretations to this movie. And I love that you went with one that I never picked up on. I didn't pick up on this as the greed of corporate. Hollywood, even though when you said it, it's literally smacking you right in the face of it. Uh, But what I uh, really always saw in it, and definitely this time I picked up more on it, is more it's uh, Catherine Keener, like, fighting against and coming to terms with her sexuality. Like,
1: Mm -hmm. so (laughs) much
0: of it, she is resistant to it. She's all about being one of the boys, like controlling john cusack and then she has like the woman touch interaction but she's scared to like fully commit she doesn't want to be with lottie because it's homosexual it's whatever and so she keeps playing this weird game where she manipulates all these other Mm -hmm. people because she doesn't want to come out of the closet so she's she's lying upon lying which i think is that's a story that like many uh homosexual people have told like they just Mm -hmm. the lie builds up until like it just all comes crumbling down and that's exactly what happens to her in this movie, and uh, she does find happiness not when she settles for Lottie and becomes complacent, when she Ooh. accepts who she is as herself, and then lives her life happily because
1: she's not fighting it anymore. That's a better way. That's, so that's the way much I saw better it. Better phrasing.
0: Crazy, yeah. right? That's I love this because that yes. that's both of us had completely different ways that we saw this mm-hmm.
1: movie. I mean the mm. the gender identity Art. stuff. Is hard not sure. To see. Yeah, it's there too. It's, it's 100% there with Cameron Diaz, mm-hmm. I think, even saying, like, I am a transsexual. Like, I think I identify as yep. a transsexual now. I'm like, holy shit, this was 1999. How fucking progressive. <laughs> right? Holy shit. I can't uh-huh. believe that this was felt, over 20 years ago. This
2: felt ahead to watch right now. Like, when I was watching that, I was like, wow, this is great to watch right now. And then, what, mm-hmm. like you just said, this is 1999. It's all about the self. Yeah. You know, it's insane. Like I, you know, I maybe back then, you know, that was for laughs, and it was probably mm. for laughs, right? You know, people probably chuckled that, at that in the theaters when she maybe. said that. But hearing that now, I was like, "Damn, that's." I mean, that's a really good point, and I'm sure mm-hmm. people back in 1999 watched that and then thought about it later. And it was like, wow, that, that was really deep, you know? So mm-hmm. it was probably a big thinking piece back in 1999. And it's nice to just have it feel so normal watching it now and be like, wow, that's a very fascinating and deep, you know, turn in the story that I didn't see coming. Let's see how it plays out. And it has a and it has a through line all the way to the end.
1: hmm. hmm.
0: And, and even we get Craig at the very end, too. I love that, that he has to suffer because fuck Craig.
2: <laughs> I love yes. that – so I was thinking while you guys were talking about that, you know, a way of looking at that, a whole nother thing about this is dealing with obsession. You know, you have Craig dealing with obsession, whether it be his, uh, his failed career or, you know, what he likes to do and what he wants to make a career out of it. And he obsesses about that to the point where he is literally – using another person as his own puppet because they're more successful. And so he's able to manipulate another person for success, right? That all falls Mm -hmm. apart. And now he's still so obsessed that he's going in and going down this tunnel to a child, you know, and like, but someone who he really can't control. It's like, it was very oh, man, it really had my mind going by the end of the movie. It's
1: the the monkey's paw wish. You get what you wish for, but in the worst possible way, and you're just Uh stuck with it now.
2: Oh, and it's also not even... in that whole time, up until the end, he thought, you know, that kid was his, so it's like this really fucked up wraparound, hey, you got what's coming to you, but... And that plays even more into it, because he's got an obsession with the puppeteering and using another person like that, but he's also got an obsession with Maxine. And so it's like a double a double screw him in, at the end. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it, it was wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. again,
2: fuck Craig. <laughs> fuck Craig. John Cusack
0: plays him fantastically, <clears throat> but I have mm-hmm. to admit, boys, literally nobody shines a candle to John fucking Malkovich in this movie.
2: Mm-mm. Oh my ah. god,
0: so good! The first time, that Orson John Bean's Malkovich gets great. taken over.
2: <laughs> yeah, Doctor Lester. Oh, yeah. Orson Beans I, I love Doctor Lester. That yeah. whole story's ridiculous.
1: It's so also fucking pretty fat awesome. Shit.
0: <laughs> but when, uh, no, when uh, John Malkovich is having sex with Maxine, and Craig starts like taking over occasionally, and like you see it from John Malkovich's perspective as he starts that tweaking, that had me wrong. <laughs> He's like, Girl, what, what is happening? Who was that? That wasn't me. Just the way yeah. that like, his voice and his face is all... T- oh, I loved it. And John Malkovich goes for it. God damn it. He's just in... Oh, I love him. He's obviously mm-hmm. having a fucking ball doing all this shit. I love the, the callback to his very elaborate uh, dance routine with the puppet when he first takes control of John Malkovich and he has him do the same routine. Mm-hmm. When he like... Mm-hmm throws the stuff off the table and breaks the mirror uh what what's he call that the dance of it's,
1: it's depression, uh something. yeah depression and di- it's yeah disillusionment or something it's yeah it's very it's a bummer it's two really bummer words uh, it's also <laughs> very pretentious disillusionment. like
0: so
2: pretentious yeah she's which like i wouldn't expect Nothing less from this puppet master dickwad. She's like, show me some puppeteering. And he goes back to the same exact, the same exact routine you see him just depressingly doing at the beginning of the movie. It's like, here, let me just show you this thing that I've rehearsed a million times for nobody mm-hmm. using something that isn't a puppet.
1: Oh, and then when he... proceeds to get famous by it, which is a... <laughs> Great irony because at the very beginning of the the movie, he's watching the puppet do or the puppeteer doing the puppet off the side of the bridge, and he's just like Mantini. fucking hack or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then he does <laughs> the he, giant puppet himself. He be yeah. he he becomes that. That is the cycle of artists and all of it. It is ah, it's so good. How's <laughs> it awesome that academic. he makes
0: Malkovich look like him? He grows like the. The long, scraggly, gross gray hair. and uh.
2: oh, d- Tell me that didn't look like Doc Brown or some shit. Like a nasty, <laughs> the world's nastiest version of Doc Brown. It looked yeah. like this
0: dude I used to work with who was like the 70-year-old dude that had all oh. white hair and he was super bald. All, like Hulk Hogan style. Imagine if Hulk Hogan wore that in a ponytail. That's what this dude looked like at work.
1: So I'm hearing sexy beast is what I'm hearing. Just a fucking oh, hulk terrible. of
0: a man. Oh yeah, it was it was not yeah. Oh <laughs> god damn it, man. Being John Malkovich, twisted as shit. I love the surrealist moment when John Malkovich goes in his own head. I I didn't know what the hell was gonna happen. I still kind of forgot. I was like, is this where it goes? Or does he just black out? But no, he goes full Malkovich, where everybody in the world is John Malkovich, and all they say is Malkovich. Malkovich Malkovich I love all the words are Malkovich of like of the woman's body and it's like you see her her breasts and her form and then it's just John
2: Malkovich's bald ass head Mm -hmm. I love how I think we are all we all had the same thought probably while watching that movie where it's like well this can't be anything good because you know you can't have somebody rap into their own mind where's this gonna go
1: and they just go yeah no
2: go in and you're like, what, what are you doing? That's how the universe ends, of course. Yeah. Probably I was like, honestly. But then it this goes in and it's awful. Best
1: case scenario. Is what happened yeah. in this yeah. movie is best case scenario. I was like, stroke, uh, just yeah, end of the universe. <laughs> like, there's so many bad things that could happen going into your own fucking head.
0: <laughs> I would've if they had ended the movie that way, where like John Malkovich goes in and then it cuts back to him just like foaming on the floor, just like <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a, a real fried his own brain. ending.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then it just like hard cuts to credits. I would love that. That would also have been a fantastic play. I do love though that John Malkovich discovers this thing at about the halfway point of the movie. Like he discovers the portal to his own head and uh he sneaks in and finds all these people and uh once they realize it's him and they're all like, John Malkovich, hey, I was you last week Imagine, like, dude the the utter invasion and like how exposed you would feel upon knowing that like Mm -hmm. almost everything you've done the past month people have been also seeing you in your most private moments there's some dude that spent 200 bucks to hang out on you while you took a shit
2: yeah could you imagine Mm -hmm. being in that line and be like no cutting and tackling the dude that you were just trying to get into the head of (laughs) And imagine being the guy that's currently in John Malkovich's
0: head, watching him go into, like, floor seven and a half and be like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. He? He's here? Let's and go! He can't
0: do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to go, go
1: down. Mm. I think there's also something John Malkovich should do that all these people yeah. are there to get into Malkovich's head. And I don't think many of them would even know who Malkovich is. Much like Maxine earlier in the movie. She's like, great. You can get to Malkovich's head. Who's John Malkovich? Why should I care? And I, the I think that that's jewel it. Heist movie? They jewel just heist. want to yeah. escape. They want to escape. <laughs> yeah, and even Craig, relying it, doesn't know another fucking movie, so he has to fall back on that.
0: He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was, you know, I was in the, the the jewel heist movie.
1: John Malkovich has never
0: been in a jewel heist movie, by the way. I wonder if that's still true now. I think, as of the research I did on IMDb, which oh. was the other day. Okay. Uh, It's Still, he's not been in a Jewel Heist movie. Now he's
1: just going to refuse. He's been in a
0: bank robbery (laughs) movie, and he's been in Con Air, but never a Jewel Heist movie. He's also, uh, Malkovich is not like, the most pretentious movie I've ever heard of. Which is? He, He shot a movie called 100 Years, which, like, the only people that are privy to know what it's about are the people that made it. I think Robert Rodriguez directed it, and then it got... It's been sealed in a vault and nobody will watch it for a hundred years. Why? Just some fucking artistic thing, dude. I'm cool with that. That's what I'm saying.
1: I mean, if, if I mean, fucking... Yeah, I don't care. It's Wu-Tang never going to affect me. I'm never going to watch it. And put a new album out mm-hmm. and then Martin Shkreli can fucking buy that shit. I don't care. Lock Let's say, like, It's away. not
0: my money that you want to do it. I'm just saying it's also like, that's pretty pretentious. But fuck it That's if you're super. gonna get anybody
1: to do it, hire John Malkovich. That's who I would hire for my movie like that. Speaking of super pretentious, did you guys catch the cameo from um David Fincher in the um I didn't the famous um at w- once Craig as Malkovich becomes famous and they do like the behind the scenes kind of uh, documentary on him, he shows up as like the uh, the American arts and culture host. And he's, like, in, I like, a little outfit. That was it's David Fincher. Fincher. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, Because nice. Spike Jones and Fincher go back from their music video days.
0: Sure.
2: hmm
1: mm-hmm. I love David Fincher, too. I did not.
0: Okay, that's hilarious. Yeah, I did not I like get to, that I was to like, so, showing. I was like, this guy is a guy, but I don't know who, and I didn't care enough to stop and search right then. <laughs> hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you did mention cameos, and you mentioned Machine,
1: Ryan, right. who is the other
0: cameo in this movie?
1: Charlie Sheen, who is oddly perfectly cast and still yes. makes complete sense in the role. Uh, oh, I Charlie completely Sheen was forgot about amazing about in this. Right? <laughs> He's uh, perfect. Perfect. And apparently will live on with Lester and company in John Malkovich's new daughter. So that's a no, fun fact. They're not...
0: They're not in the daughter. They're in Malkovich still.
1: Craig yes, is locked in the. Yes, they are recruiting no. to go into the daughter, and that's why they're yeah. showing. They will him eventually. They will go yes. into the daughter eventually. And yes, Charlie yes. Sheen will be first in that boat. That's and right. That is He's an like, interesting. You want to forever, nugget? my friend. Who else yeah. is going to be in there? Mm.
0: I don't know. Of so fitting, do all right? the people, can all the people take control of John Malkovich? Whenever is that? I don't. That's the part I don't get. No, like I think Sybil. they're just along for the ride.
1: Different personalities switch in and out at different times.
0: Okay, it's so is that what happened to uh, Professor X in that M Night Shyamalan movie? He just has a bunch of different yeah portals in his
1: head. That's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. What's, what is it? It's James what's his name. McAvoy.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. God damn it. You had me on James Corden. That's all I... I, I I'm
1: not, it's worst, not fucking James Corden. The worst. I was watching <laughs> Ocean's like, 8 British the other people. day, which nobody should do because it's a fine out of 10. It's, it's eh. But then James <laughs> fine out of 10. Fucking. It's fucking... It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> then James Corden shows up in the last third uh, and then becomes uh, a prominent uh, part, and it soured what? me on the movie. Like, that's enough to I'll ruin the movie is when that motherfucker pops up. Yeah, he's the reason I f-
0: stopped watching cats. I've I've tried to watch cats, mm-hmm. and I he's got the through. Reason? Yeah, I, I mean, I was <laughs> I was really there for the Taylor Swift performance, and then after her part, that's when James yeah. Corden shows up, anyways, and I was like, ah, okay, I'm done. Yeah, he's kind of he's obnoxious. obnoxious. <laughs> kind of. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> the fucking yeah. worst. Um, I see you.
1: I see you. Hold your tongue for James Corden, but not the Beatles. Good sir. <laughs> Me? I mean I don't <laughs> I would prefer yeah, not the same amount of to, vitriol. I, I'm not subjected <sighs> to Corden
2: or Corbin or whatever the hell his name nearly as often as I am with the Beatles.
1: Oh man. You're lucky then. He pops up like a you goddamn S T D in my movies, and I'm just like, God damn it, oh, I took Valtrex. I think go away, Corden. <laughs> he's moving
0: he's moving back to the UK after this year, I think. His contract's up and he is not getting renewed. Maybe They're he'll retire him. like Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> I have a doubt. He'll probably just be on British TV, which sucks for Great. me because I watch reruns of that on YouTube. I love YouTube. I was going to say John Malkovich should do like a uh, a Twitch live stream for charity one day where like he just wears a camera and a backpack and walks around for like 12 hours. I think That's that would be idea. so awesomely meta. Yeah. And you could, just, you could be John it. Malkovich if you like contributed enough like you could control what he'd do for the next five minutes or whatever that's brilliant man the <laughs> man should do it he probably shouldn't because why would you want to do that if you're john yeah and you the have... first
1: 200 <laughs> donation is gonna make him like take his dick out in public or something it people cannot be trusted nope twist
2: your dick off
1: <laughs> <laughs> people are the worst do you guys know that i did know that <laughs> okay and
0: i'm just reminded of it every day but you know who's not the worst you two boys. I fucking hey. love you guys, man.
2: Love
0: you guys, well, thank too. You. Uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Shawnee boy, I want
2: to know, like, straight up, never seen it. Overall, what's your thoughts on being John Malkovich? Dudes, I love this movie. I love how weird this movie is. Man, I texted Sarah, like, halfway through this movie. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? This is the weird one of the weirdest movies I've seen in a while, and I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. great from the get-go of trying to follow along Craig's scummy, slimy character. Like, he's such a coward. Like, he's a coward slimeball, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. one that's just trying to sneakily do stuff, but he's doing it in such a gross way. Um, A weasel, you might say. Yeah, he's a weasel (laughs) who weasels, you know? Uh A weasely weasel who weasels. Yeah. Yo, we hit all of the preposition right there, Ryan. We made
1: it. If they're prepositions. Uh, yes (laughs) (laughs)
2: um through that story to the whole lot maxine thing all the way up until like the dr lester like is a hundred plus years old and he's using these portals to tell from jump to jump from body to body so he'll never die was the weirdest fucking twist in this movie ever like you get a glimpse at it When Lot and Craig go to his house for dinner and there's just like this whole wall tracking John Malkovich's life from like early childhood to death and or not death, but till now. And it's like, wow, that was hella weird. And then you don't think about it for like another 20, 30 minutes.
0: I love that too. Yeah, that was
2: weird. You forget about it and then it
0: comes back and you're like,
2: oh yeah. Yeah, that was (laughs) hella weird. And so, like, that was delightfully weird and them getting spit out by the New Jersey Turnpike and, like, (laughs) it's just the layers of all of this together worked so well for me that this movie really hit on all cylinders. I was a little bummed when I sat down to see this today. This has been a really long, like, two weeks for me Mm. work-wise. And this was going to be, like, the first week uh, afternoon off. I get home from work. It's gorgeous outside. And I turn on this movie and I see it's like just shy of two hours. Like 114 minutes. I'm like fuck. That sucks. (laughs) But then by the end of it, I'm glad that I watched it.
0: Hell yeah, man. It was a... uh, I'm glad too. As soon as we saw like I said, the unbearable weight, I was like Sean would really like Beating John Malkovich, I I almost guarantee it. So I I took a bit of a risk, but I was like, I know he's going to like it. I'm glad I was correct. Man, I'm
2: here for any movie like this. Any one of
0: them. Okay. Before we get into ratings, I'd like to know, you know, boys, you got a favorite part in this movie. I've got a favorite part. I got one that made me stick out and made me laugh a little more than uh, most. And uh, if you guys need a little time to think, I can start us off.
2: Yeah, start us off here.
0: Okay. So, for me, the part that sticks out and just was hilarious through and through for no reason at all was uh, when Craig watches the orientation flick of Floor Seven and a Half, <laughs> and the reason that it was created. And it's just this, the reenactment is the fucking funniest part. And I don't know why, but I love it at the end when like he's like, I'll build you a small one, and I'll also make you me wife. <laughs> it's, just, it's so dumb and out of left field, and I don't know why. Made me smile and I laughed uh quite hard throughout all of it. It had a very lost Dharma initiative vibe to it. Yes.
1: Uh-huh. Yes. In the way that it was
0: filmed, presented, written, everything. So I like that part of it too. But yeah, that, mm-hmm. that was that, that one really got me.
1: Sean, do you know right. yours? If
2: otherwise I can I go. mean I I have one. Okay. I feel free. My favorite part in this movie. Man, it's so bad because it shouldn't be anybody's favorite part of any movie. But I really, I got this satisfaction in my heart when after after Lot goes into Malkovich's brain, right? And Maxine knows that she's there and she's like talking to Lot and all of that, right? And you have Craig get super jealous and he confronts Maxine the next day and she just twists the dagger. It's like, you know, have you ever, uh, there's just something about two people looking at you with so much lust and it's coming both from the same eyes. You know about that. Oh no, you wouldn't know anything about that. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, everything about that scene, like. Yes, you're a scumbag. You're so awful. And then he like holds a gun to his wife and locks her in a gorilla cage. So it's like this <laughs> movie's a right, pinball Craigie. table. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Great choices. I. I guess my favorite part really kind of sets up Eternal Sunshine because the part that has always stuck out to me and I still am just so enraptured by in this previous watch was. The, the chase between Lottie and um, Catherine Keener's character Maxine through the subconscious of John Malkovich. And just the angles the camera takes as it goes in and out of, like, the bus and, like, it turns into, like, another room. And then you go through and then you see, like, a glimpse of, like, a little boy Malkovich in, like, a basement saying, like, I am bad, I am bad, I am bad. And then, like, you don't get any fucking context because, like, that's just, like, the weird kind of psychological fragments we all have in our head we don't you never ever <laughs> go on like the full memory it's just like a little piece and so you're uh-huh, just getting uh-huh. these little pieces real quick and this five minute scene i think is so brilliant and i love john malkypies i Vance. love it oh malkypies john Malkovich. it's it's all <laughs> so good and i think eternal sunshine takes this ball and then runs with it And then it's like, we're going to do this for a whole movie. And that's where I fell in love. But this, this is so good as, as is the rest of the movie. But I love that part specifically. That is a great part. That is a
2: part that like in breaking this down, I completely somehow completely forgot that that scene even happened just because that whole Inception-esque sequence that you're talking about where the world's folding into each other, they're going through a door and coming up through a floor, like... Mm -hmm. It's so mind-bendy, and in the grand scheme for me, after just seeing this for the first time, this movie's so fucked that I forgot that that fucked part even happened. (laughs) (laughs) Like Ryan said, it's very very dense. mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of happening. Uh, It's one where I wanted to take a break during watching it. And I was not able to. And I was just standing up behind the fucking couch, ready to hit pause <laughs> when the boring scene came. And like 20 minutes later, I was like, I'm just going to have to hit pause uh, because I, I, there's not a there's not a boring scene. This is just getting up. Yep. Done. yep. Uh,
0: rankings, boys. I'm trying to think of my ranking. Mm, mm. Oh, I got one.
2: If you got one, you could start us off, Shawnee boy. Oh, easy. Well, okay. Uh, I'll ask Ryan. Ryan, ask you. You ask me. Sound cool? Okay. Huh? Uh-huh. Ryan, pick a number—one or two.
1: Two. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or one. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Yeah, they,
2: okay. Number one was a lob up gimme. Anyways, this is gonna okay. be. This is gonna be different. Uh, although it's very similar to my favorite scene, Ryan. If you were to rate this movie, okay, your max scene. All right. You're Maxine and you're staring into the eyes of a lover, right? And staring okay. back at you is a pair of eyes that may or may not be one or more people. Let's say that the person that you're staring into the eyes of are what we call a vessel. And mm-hmm. this vessel has, let's say there's 12 people trying to live for eternity inside of this vessel. Okay. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: When you're staring into these eyes, how many of those twelve people are looking back at you, being like, "Let's get it on,"
1: huh? Um, <laughs> man, I oh, it's hard. I love first the setup, brilliant. I love it. Um, Thank I'm you. looking intensely in them eyes, um, and I'm getting between eleven and twelve. And I want to say 12, but I also know I just came on for Barbarian and gave that a fucking full score, too. And I can't be a full score giver, but God damn it, this movie. Well, we um, only
2: bring you on for full scores, bro. Also,
1: uh... And Die Hard. <laughs> <I> was... <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was something I was literally just listening to about a chick who was a film critic, and she was... Oh! Alex Borstein was talking, and she used to Ooh. do film reviews... And then she met uh, an actual film reviewer, but she would talk about how when she would do reviews, if she gave too many good ones in a row, she felt like she had to give a bad one. And I'm saying to you, Ryan, don't be Alex Borstein. If you feel okay. it's a fucking
1: perfect goddammit. I'm going to say it's fucking perfect. I, I There we go, bro. It is a very, very good step into Charlie Kaufman and a very good step into Spike Jones. And I think if you want to get into either of their filmographies, this is a good entry level to do it. I so recommend it. I yeah, I think it's perfect. I love it. I think it's got a brilliant script. The the soundtrack, we didn't talk about the soundtrack, but it's like got this melancholy somberness to it that's also very um it's a little navel gazy, but it works. I don't know how to for describe it, but it's like, yeah. boom, 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 It's just like, it's also very bouncy, puppety. but sad. It kind of like a puppet. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. fucking clever. Um, it all works. It, everything, just the cinematography, the editing, the acting, everything works for me here. So, I, I oh, fuck it, I'll, 12, 12, 12 eyes are looking back at me. 12 pairs of eyes are looking back at me.
2: Are we including uh, the lover? Well, if you are, then it's 13.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I did that wrong because there's 12 people in there, but you're looking into the eyes of the lover. So I I guess it's out of
1: 13. (laughs) Then 13 pairs of eyes, including the husk, is looking at me. The husk. (laughs) 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 All right. Um, I think I'm going to have to take that lob because I did not think about this ahead of time. Um, Okay. I had two, but I will mark the lob off. You take the lob. I just got one off the top of my head. Oh. Let's say you're having a real hard time understanding everybody and everybody just around you has a speech impediment and you're just making just no, no (laughs) sense of any words coming through and as bing john malkovich is flying at you there are at least like 12 solid solid like lines of dialogue coming at you of those 12 how much how much do you hear or is the speech impediment so bad that you hear none of it i got you well uh what a great I got to say system.
0: similar to you ryan uh and, like, this movie was an awakening for me. It, it it inspired me to find so many more other actual films and movies that say things. And I, I got to agree with you, man. This is another perfect for me, dog. This is a 12. I fucking love this movie. I can watch it again right now. Turn it on. Being John Malkovich will suck you in. There's not a, a a shitty moment to hit pause to go take a break on. You're going to get sucked in like Sean said he was bummed to see it was two hours long and then at the end of the two hours he didn't even notice it had gone by so it it has an effect on you it it sucks you in it wraps you up it's fucking great storytelling so yeah 12 out of 12 man I gotta say too uh, just before we get there the lob for all three of us was gonna be
2: seven and a half right uh, no my lob was oh, gonna be how oh. many
1: Malkoviches in a room Oh. oh, shit. I was, how how long are you going to be in Malkovich, watching Malkovich? Son of a bitch. We all okay. had different lobs. Okay. Th- this movie is so a- good that we
2: all had different easy lobs. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Well, I'm still not wow. going to use uh, seven and a half because I think I have a better one for you, Shawnee. But, Sean, let's say you were a handmade, hand-carved, high-quality marionette puppet Hand carved by a lonely loser <laughs> incel in a New Jersey basement. Man, you're making me if, really want to be a puppet. If you were this beautiful handcrafted marionette puppet, uh, and you were controlled by a system of one to thirty strings, Shawnee. Oh. How many that's... puppet strings are used to control you?
2: Man, that is a really good system because mm-hmm. I kind of probably mm-hmm. would have scoffed at this had I not seen this because I'm like, man, how many how many strings is going to be on a puppet? But man, by the end of that, when he's doing the like the human size puppet and he's like biting it and like doing this, <laughs> that shit was intense, um, man. Hand carved, handcrafted puppet and I have one to 30 strings. Uh huh. Uh huh and I'll give this movie 30 strings, dude. There like, we go, boys. Chris perk. This movie is amazing. Like, I'm so glad folks, this is on uh Amazon Prime Video right now for free. If, if you're given if you're paying them Bezos bucks, you can uh <laughs> you can watch this for free and I'm going to watch it again. This for me, I think this to me is much like when I watched uh The Big Lebowski a couple years ago and it just like really is one of those movies that I'm upset that I waited so long to see. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to watch it several times more. Like I've seen since I watched The Big Lebowski, like what, four four or five years ago, maybe six at this point. I've seen it two dozen times. I almost tonight they had a a showing it. It's 420 right now, blaze it. Oh Oh, my theater next to my work, they were showing uh, Big Lebowski.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So. That would have been a cool one to go to. I didn't even think it was 420.
1: Really? Oh, no. <laughs> it is. Mm. Really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder why I forgot it was 420. <laughs> mm. it, ain't,
2: it ain't special if it's huh. 420 every day. <laughs> Fair. No.
0: Ah, Boys, I'm glad, Sean, that you liked being John Malkovich. Uh, I had a hint that you would. I also think that you will, like, go. I'm very glad that you haven't seen it. I think you're really going to dig it, too. Um, Not to put pressure on you. Uh, No. And, Ryan, as always, man, I fucking love when you're here. I love having you on. I love when you talk movies with us. Uh, Every time that we get you on, I feel like you hit me up in a shorter interval to be like, Hey, man, that was really fun. I want to come back on. And I I agree, man. I want to have you back Mm -hmm. on all the time. I I expect one uh, another invite back even sooner, as soon as we get another perfect movie that we have lined up.
1: It's gonna be Maybe tough even to top, man. That's know, a hat trick we, at this had, point. To pull another perfect so one? two so far.
0: Yeah. yeah, we gotta find one. It's a perfect and one that Sean Barbarians hasn't seen
1: too. Barbarian's also, because Sean, Sean, I think, appreciated it more than he loved it. So, that's an asterisk for Barbarian. So, I think this is our first, I think, all-around perfect. So, now the bar is set. Now... It's being John Malkovich going forward. And that's a tough one.
2: This is going to be, this is really going to be hard to top. Um, It's, it's really rare for a a movie to capture my attention and like my adoration and, You know, the short amount of time that it took for this movie to really grasp me. And there's a lot of times where you watch a movie from like 1999 and Mm -hmm. there's like so much dated stuff in it that really pulls you out of it. But this is a pretty evergreen movie. You know, it's Mm -hmm. what's the weirdest thing that you see is the big old cordless phone that John Malkovich, you know, picks up. Oh, yeah. Like that's
1: about it. There is there is some language that does not. It's rough and it's coarse, but it's supposed to be. Um, And I think it actually informs the character because like Maxine, as we talked about, is kind of closeted and does not fully realize herself yet. And she drops like the F word that is a slang for gay people towards Craig because he says he's not attracted to her and it's very confrontational and flippant. But I think, again, it's that performative. There's something deeper here and it's a throw off. But it is also Maybe jarring, and then there's the the executive later on with the secretary who is a huge oh. shit bag, which wow. I was like, yeah. "Oof, that's rough." And I get the point here, but that's rough. <laughs> yeah,
2: I like how Lester in this movie. So I just wanted to bring this up. So you have you have that executive at the end who's a just complete shit bag, mm-hmm. like nailing on his uh, his secretary right yeah but at yeah. the beginning mm-hmm. you have lester who's like completely respect respectful to Flo, who has this ridiculous impediment that, like it's so silly <laughs> it's so silly but he's like she's the executive liaison not a secretary that's hella yeah. he is very um, respectful to her yeah um, yeah
1: and then he marries yeah. her later yeah yep it's true it's um, true. Still still does not understand anything anybody said saying to her. Nope. No, and I love that part too. That's, That's <laughs> another through
0: Good, It's it's funny, goddammit.
1: Um mm-hmm. yeah, Sean, I, can can I ask real quick? I am very yeah. curious. This one resonated with you so much, and I, I am curious as to why, because going forward, I I sure Kyle's gonna be in the same headspace, but like trying to figure out Sean, what is going to get the 10 out of 10 response from Sean? And what is it about being John Malkovich? Is it the surrealism? Is it the the characters and kind of like the mix of like the dark humor and then the serious shit? Like, what is it? What what was like the big draw in in a nutshell?
2: Um, I mean, dudes, I'll tell you what I had no idea. I didn't bring this up earlier. I had no idea even what this movie was going to be about. No idea. It opened Mm -hmm. up, and all you see is a puppet, and you're like, wow, that looks like John Cusack. And I had no idea John Cusack was even in this movie. I had no idea this was Cameron Diaz. Like, Mm -hmm. all I knew Mm -hmm. was John Malkovich was in this movie somewhere. So going into this blind, uh, I I think, was huge for me, because I didn't know anything that I was getting into. It's surrealistic as fuck. I do really enjoy some dark humor. When... It's funny. Like, a lot of times I watch a movie where it's like, it's dark humor. And I'm like, that wasn't funny at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you can it's label mean. it whatever you want, <laughs> but that w- that wasn't funny. Cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just find existentialism funny. Cool. Fine. Whatever. That's that's you. Um. Man, I don't know. It's the abstract and ridiculous situations that these people are put in that aren't just slapped in there for no reason like it was a smart movie it had a bunch of layers to it Um, the surrealism really kept putting my head for throwing my head for a whirl I like things that really play with your mind a lot and this just had me thinking the whole time so I and like John Malkovich I spent the entire movie being like man what have I seen him in until you hear the guy at the end of the movie drop the hard art and I'm like, oh yeah, he was in of mice and men. Okay, yeah, that's
1: where I've seen. It. <laughs> um, that guy is also funny. and again, it's like that coarse language, but it's like the point of it. It's like, well, I've got mm-hmm. a I've got a brother who's this way and he, he appreciates and it's the it's representation.
2: <laughs> it was dropped like five times in a row for no mm-hmm. reason and each time I'm like, oh. Mm but like not in a gross (laughs) like this is a 1990s why'd you say that word kind of way like monster Mm -hmm. squad i think had a couple spots in that where i was like wow this is the first time i've seen this and i would feel real uncomfortable watching this with anybody
1: Mm -hmm. uh any Uh, of the john hughes shit from the 80s (laughs) yeah (laughs) real rough now
2: (laughs) yeah i guess i guess it's hard to give you an exact answer I, I kind of get. I think you
0: did. I think I, I have an idea. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you did surrealism I, with storytelling and unexpected character-driven. storytelling. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Something that's going to keep you guessing, and keep you on your toes, but also maybe a little bit funny. Not Which so dry why, and somber.
2: It's kind of what I think you're really going to enjoy. Go, man. Mm-hmm. I cool. really do. I want to mm-hmm. also movie. I really enjoy movies and like. Ryan, I don't know if you heard the episode or have ever even heard of this movie, but Kill List. Kill List is a movie that... Ryan was a huge fan of that.
1: I think this is what got... I don't know. I don't know. I definitely talked with somebody about this, but I absolutely listened to this episode because nobody has fucking heard of this movie. And it Mm -hmm. made me so happy to see pop up in the feed. I'm like, oh my God, they're doing this movie. Nobody knows this movie. The Hunchback. The Hunchback. Yeah! Yeah!
2: Oh my God! Okay! Awesome! That's that's like another one of those movies where it ends and I can't stop thinking about it. it like a movie that it's just like, okay. like it doesn't end, and you're like, "Wow, that was a fun movie. That was fun." Like you can think back and think of all of these little breadcrumb trail, trails that have been left throughout this whole thing, and mm-hmm. just go back and follow it through the twists and the turns.
1: So, all right, yeah. Perfect. That gives me an idea. And also, okay. uh, probably listeners, you jump in the comments. If you think of a movie that you think Sean's going to 10 out of 10 love, yeah, put it, hear it down, him, man.
2: Let's see who's got Sean pegged. Man, I am here for this. I mm-hmm. am here for this, and not because I'm an egomaniac who loves all the attention. <laughs> partially. It's only partially. But no uh yeah we're gonna
0: we're gonna shut the hell up now and get out of here because uh i love you boys but i got things to do so no right all right uh ryan again as always thanks for coming on man i love you uh love every time we get to talk movies with you and i can't wait till we get to do it again buddy
1: i love i'll say you're coming on for
2: this and i was so hype like i would thank you like literally i love every single time you're on this show
1: I appreciate it. I, I am happy to be here as long as I am not the uh the loud, squeaky third wheel. I am more than happy to hop on and shoot the shit. Cause uh I love you two boys. Uh this uh is always a blast. I enjoy it every time. Oh yeah.
0: Uh until next time, Ryan and listeners. Uh Ryan, why don't you tell them what they can go do? Fuck
1: yourselves? Is that it? Yeah. Do we still fuck do yourselves? That. They they do that or <laughs> I would also say go
0: Malkovich
2: yourself. Oh, that's so bad. Malkovich!